This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of the program. Fire it up. Fire it up. That's the motto of the uh, of the postseason for the Calgary Flames, it would seem. I think the uh, 19,289 took their, those, uh, that slogan to heart last night. Had their towels. Woo. Good vibes. The, the big Canada flag was back out for the anthem in the, pre, uh, in the pregame. That's right. Oh, yeah. See a few car flags starting to make their appearance car flags around, around the city. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, wound up for it. A complete sellout at the Dome. one nothing. Flames win. They score early, and then that's it. Both teams lock it down. Uh, the bad news for the Stars being that they didn't score again. So being down one nothing, and then there's no more scoring, it, uh, you know, that's kind of how that goes. Uh, 16 saves for Jacob Markstrom. Playoff shutout. Looks like he's earned himself another start. You think so? For, uh, for I mean, gosh, if we're trying to guess who Daryl's starting in that, that exercise has really been yeah. tough this year. I don't know, Dean. This hour brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Pleased to be joined. As we will for, let's let's say, most, some mornings after uh, game days for the Calgary Flames. I mean, if they play on a Saturday, we're not bringing you in Sunday. I don't want to do a Sunday morning show. If there's a Friday game, there's no need to come in. He's not doing it. And then uh, you're a busy guy, Corey Sarich. It'll be like, oh, I got to take my uh, I got to take my kids to uh, piano lessons or something. You'll have... Uh, so it's and up one's to into you. skydiving, so we got to go to the airport there and jump out of the plane a bunch. And we're yeah. busy, really busy. We're very busy. But Corey Sarich joining us, being that it's the morning after a big game. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's happening. Uh, just living in my truck these days, driving around, just yeah. like you described. I feel like it was Shuttle years service, ago. Huh? I we talked to you. Yeah, I'm gonna build it, building a new house. Got a, got a new house kind of going. Gonna sell this one and get into the new house. I thought for sure you'd be able to tell me how great the new house was this morning when you came in. Uh, not so much. Uh, it's got walls. It's got a roof. There's a lot of electrical plumbing uh-huh. running everywhere that I can unfortunately still see. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're about there. So Windows ch- and doors. Supply chain. Hey, is that what we're? Well, a little yeah. bit of a late start. It's supposed to be. Are you the project manager? Is no, that absolutely okay. not. So you're absolved from any responsibility, though. Yeah, okay. I just foot the bills. Right. That's probably. Hmm. Well, hour one, Ryan and I speculated a one nothing low event, low shot total game in the playoffs. Hmm. How aroused were you with what you saw at the dome last night? You being the defense stalwart that you were, and probably still are. It, it couldn't have got much better for you. There was a lot of corner work out last out there last night. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And oh, yeah. if you were to probably go back and count the amount of dump-ins, I don't know if I've ever seen that many in an NHL game. Whew. Definitely not in the last couple of years. North Puck, in? North-south. Pucks in, grind it out in the corner. Did you see the Flames' third period? They just mm-hmm. lock it down, dump it in. Lewis and Richie ice, and Luce. Man, Japani, get her deep, boy. Saw a couple dumps from number 13, too. Yeah. Puck management. Hey, Sarge be sitting at home. The oh, game. Oh, look at it. He's got his puck in his, the puck's in his skates. Yeah. Look at he's mucking out. Oh, yeah, yeah. The good. game is trending the right way, guys. Oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. 
it's great. It's great for fans. Really had everybody on yeah, their feet. Sure. Yeah, yeah. People were loving it. It's exactly what Daryl predicted, what he said to be prepared for, that it gets harder to score in the playoffs. You got to be okay in tight hockey games. You're not going to have momentum for 60 minutes, and that's essentially what happened last night. Dallas did put on a charge despite only getting three shots in that period. But uh, Ryan missed the net on a couple of opportunities, plus Flames didn't allow much. And Dallas definitely took over that game in the second period as well. They, they held the momentum. I mean, the Flames came out hot. They started well. They generated a few chances in the first period. But besides the Dallas offense starting to wake up a little bit in the second, I mean, it didn't convert. They missed, they missed the net. There was a couple of great saves by Markstrom. There was a blocker save there in the second. I was sitting right up in 105, and I'm like, that's labeled. Oh, geez, that was a really, really nice save. Mm. Um Oh no! Wrong, wrong end, wrong period. I'm backwards. You didn't. You don't need to admit that. That's okay. Anyways, and it's really whatever. not relevant to the but, point. But uh, Dallas's slot coverage last night was super impressive. Besides, you know, Lindholm finding his ultra quiet spot there and scoring on the power play when they're down a man, mm-hmm. they did not give up much. I remember Menge having one on the power other, play on the if, power play, but other than that, yeah, absolutely nothing. They were super stingy. So credit to them for playing just as locked down a game as the Calgary Flames did. A lot of times coaches, when they lose, will play that game with the post-game comments. We're not, you know, we're not worried. This Rick Bonus said, we felt pretty good. We bent, we didn't break, we lost by one. We're pretty happy. He's, I think he's bang on, I think he's being honest. That with how that game started, it's one nothing. five minutes in on a power play. The building is buzzing. You got a rookie netminder essentially in net. They settled in nicely and, to your point, didn't allow a whole lot to the Flames. Yeah, and you were just ready for the the damned break after that first one. Crowd's roaring. You're looking at this shot clock. Hey, it's 10 nothing. Pucks, yeah. pucks are going to be going in here right away. And for them to keep it together as a group with the noise in that building, it, it can't be easy. And we didn't see a lot of wide-open hockey last night. There was probably five or six minutes in the third You'd hear the crowd. I could hear the guys all around. Oh, here we go. Mm. Here we go. Now here's hockey. And uh, that's, I, I started to lose a little interest then. Well, you know, And we've watched, to, to that to that original point, we've watched some games this year where it's either it's tight, not even low scoring, but the Flames would have multiple very good scoring chances. They either miss the net or maybe they get a couple posts, that sort of thing. The Flames weren't riddled with great scoring chances either last night. I thought both teams made it really tough for players to get to the spots where goals happen. Really tough to come by quality chances at both ends. Blocks, good sticks. There were just the front of the net. Like, good luck. Not a lot of defensive mistakes. I recall one in the third period where Backman Backman lost his man on a back check. It was uh, looked like a pretty harmless, even strength rush or three on three rush, and backs just. Took a little breather for a second. There was a little tip in front, and Markstrom had to make a great net or a great save. But I don't remember. Like there's maybe one or two other mm-hmm. ones that really stand out as far as good quality chances. Just and off of breakdowns, there really weren't any because again, most of the game was played on the perimeter. It was just grinding it out, like you said, pucks in skates, um, faces pinned up against the glass. It was look uh, at you. You're smiling. You can't was, even look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at how happy he is. Yes. <laughs> it's love it. the it's beautiful hard. game. Oh, One nothing playoffs. It's pretty hard work though. When you look at 
both defense last night, down a man after the after the ejection from the fight there at the end of the first, and they were rolling it quick. Both ends, five defensemen, and it was guys on, guys off. And even the forward lines were rolling like that, but I was really surprised looking at the stats line after. You know, you think you got five defensemen, and you look at maybe the odd man out on each team in Shillington and Hanley at the other end, I thought for sure they're going to still have, you know, 16, 18 minutes with five defenders. But no, those two guys each were kind of registered right around 12 minutes. Mm. So who's logging all that ice time? It was essentially four defenders for for each team. Mm. Those guys were spotted in here and there, but pretty solid work by two pairs at both ends of the ice. I was looking at that this morning because like I did want to ask you, and I will in a moment, but Noah Hannafin and Tanev led the way. And outside of a couple of shifts, there's one here, a minute 13 for Noah Hannafin. They didn't get they didn't get hung up out there. To your point, let's roll. Let's get it going. And most of those shifts were 54, 53 seconds. They didn't get caught very often. Yeah, I think the only way you can keep up with a game like that is to keep your shift short. You can't overextend. And again, it was just hard work in the corners. Like, it wasn't an easy game for anybody out there last night. You're just scrapping for every inch. And it's amazing how much more energy the game requires when it gets that physical. And I think even for these guys, it would be an adjustment. I'm watching my son who's playing his first couple games of spring hockey in Bantam this year. He comes, it's, I think they've played two games now. He comes to the bench with his tongue hanging out after a 30, 40 second shift. It's not easy when it gets cranked up like that. And yeah. it'll be an adjustment for all these pros here. You know, with the first few games of the playoffs, it's just that much more physical and that much more demanding. So less about the ejections. That's the rule. It's mm. been that way it's for a while. Debatable, it's not yeah. debatable. It just, just is, is what it is. is. And it was, it was a scrap, and it was the second one and all of that. But I'm, I'm curious, from a coaching perspective and from a player perspective, when you're part of that six-man group and then one guy's gone and you've got a lot of hockey left, how hard is it to coach because they did a great job. They kept those minutes in check, moved some guys around Shillington, and it's, and then power plays start. So some guys now are really going to play more, or penalty kills. you you, you got to try and find that that balance. So between what the coaches, how hard it must be to work that bench as a coach, and then on the other side, what do you guys say, all right, Anderson's out. Do you guys huddle up as a five-man unit? It's like, here, here's what we need to do. we got we got two periods here. It's going to be a tight game. What do we what do we have to do here to get this thing? Well, I think you just see the natural adjustments, just like what we talked about seconds ago. All of a sudden, you trim your shifts down because you know you just you can't afford to be caught out there. There's not as much rest. When it comes to power play, I guess it it depends on your design. You know, for the Flames, when they're going to run four forwards, you maybe it's not as taxing on your defense. Uh, if you're if you're a team that sends out two units with two defensemen on each one of those. Well, there that that's gonna that's gonna bite into you a little bit more, so you got to manage your ice time. But I don't think there's any get together. I think everyone just played enough hockey. You just know, you know. And five defense is not bad. It gets you super involved. There's still that rest there. I have been on a bench before when you get trimmed down to four, though, and that gets exhausting. When Every you know you have to go. Shift. Yeah, yeah. I've even been in in spots where. It's been very, very rare and probably definitely not in a playoff game where you've been with four defensemen and a guy needs a breather. You pull a forward back there just even to yeah, yeah. just give you a little bit of a rest, but very few and far between. Back to the ejections, 
I had a good chuckle last night. I don't think Klingberg, Klingberg knew that if you get in a second fight, you get ejected. Why, why would he, right? That's like, how that's infrequently it happens. Yeah. And that's how infrequently days. he fights. Like there, There'd be guys that know that rule. Like your Borvieskis and Lucic just probably know yeah, that rule. Klingberg doesn't have – no way he knows that rule. But, I mean, I think you think you would have seen a few of your teammates get the toss – not it's, anymore, though, right? Like, how many games do we new, even have two fights and went two in the same shift? Like, it just, it's super rare. It was actually shocking when I saw, I was watching the scrum just standing there, and then a second one broke out. It's, it seemed ultra weird. Now, refs don't need to call that, right? They could kind of, oh, well, we thought it was still kind of part of the first scrum was, uh, you don't need to necessarily throw those guys out. Right, I think maybe if it happens at the exact same time or a little bit closer to the first one, but the first one happened. This one was just so delayed. Come on, Wes, and there it was enough enough oh, of there an was alter- yeah. there was enough of an altercation that it looked like a fight, like there was enough yeah punches thrown. So the saving grace for both sides is the guys that left played similar roles, big minute guys, power play guys. So it wasn't as it was a decent saw off if you have to lose one of your key guys back there. Yeah, there's got it. You know, coach would say if you're going to take someone, better take someone important with you. Well, he used to yeah. say that to me because <laughs> that was an uptrade for us. I don't think that's <laughs> Shillington plays 1343. Here, for starters, here's what Daryl had to say about obviously losing a guy and the overall defense on the night. I thought we were really good. I think our defensemen are. You know, Eric can play both sides of the penalty kill, which helps us. But then once Rascal's out, then you're back to lefty-ready, and and uh, Shillington doesn't kill. Thirteen forty-three for Shillington. He gets a couple, just under three minutes on the power play. But that's the. Does it make it easier in that middle frame where you're trading off special teams? Now we're a man down, so Shillington's not going out there because we're killing. So good, Branson, you're going. Hannafin, maybe you're not going as much. Now we're in the power play. All right, Hannafin, maybe Shillington. Now good, Branson, you sit down. Almost helps, I guess, in a way, if you're going to be down a guy. From Daryl's comment, though, well, Shillington doesn't kill. So you're almost like, you're short-staffed when it comes to yeah. one portion of the game. You're knowing that for sure. Because um, that stood out to me. You were down a guy, and still Shillington only got 13.43. Well, and, but and the other thing is, is do you want a different partner every shift? Because if you're going to play five guys, you're rotating yeah. the two righties through three different pairs, and so every shift you're on as a lefty, you're alternating. Oh, I get Tanner this time, I get Good Branson next time. It's easier to run two pairs in some ways than it is five in a sense that at least you have a common partner rather than it's just names out of a hat, it feels like. Yeah, right? when, especially when it comes your when it comes to penalty kill too. These guys have worked as units yes, totally. all year long. And for a guy that hasn't seen any ice time or very little in, in Shillington, like you can't that's not the that's not the time to just be like, Okay, we gotta yeah. take a little breather here, give these guys no, just lean on them. Right? They'll get through it. And really good poise by the defense, Calgary's defense in their own end last night. Lots of nice little reverses, nice heads up passes, found seams, found guys up by the red line. There weren't really any scary plays coming out of their end. It was really well managed and just good decisions by the whole bunch of them. I said it earlier, and I think it's, I think both coaches probably feel good about their game. A lot of nights, maybe Dallas, that's enough to squeeze out a road win. You get a bounce one way. If Hints doesn't miss a net, you get to overtime, one goes in somehow. You withstood the energy of a game one. They came out flying, they being the Flames. 
and you were one shot away from from overtime. And on the other side, you gave up three in the first and three in the third, and you you controlled a lot of it. You gave up very little. So I think probably both Bonus and and Sutter are happy and admitted as much, despite it's somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. I don't know what that means for game number two now. I think you you feel good about Ottinger if you were at all. Oh yeah. If you were at all concerned, if you're a Dallas star, you're not. He looks very poised. Sort of third or fourth on the depth chart at the beginning of the year, depending on how you felt about Ben Bishop. Like that's and and look, it's taken a while as it does for a lot of young goalies. That looks like the type of goalie you want if you're going to spend a first rounder on a goalie. Which you know, there's there's a long time to wait and a lot of a crapshoot involved. He looked good. And a lot first of time, ever start in the playoffs. Yeah, and a lot of times it's not about making big saves. Don't allow an S burger. Mm-hmm. Don't let in a, a flutter flutter nutter from the point, and then all of a sudden it's two nothing. Then it starts to roll. Well, and he just looked poised, didn't he? Yeah. Like like if if you didn't know who was at either end, you, you there wasn't. You, oh, this is a steely vet, and that's a nervous rookie. No, they both looked very comfortable in the environment. And I think maybe you know we just we talked earlier about slot coverage by Dallas about them playing just a stingy a game. They probably knew they know who they've got in net. Not no no slight Ottinger, but you've got a young guy there. You want to give him as much help as you can. You want to make him as comfortable as you can, and let him settle in. You don't want him. To, you don't want to start running gun and let this guy get shelled, right right off the hop and have any deflation to his confidence. So I think they played a rock solid game in front of him too and gave him every every chance for success. So credit to their whole team being stingy defensively. We'll get out for a break here. We'll come back. Top line versus top line. What did we make of the, and you go around the league, those are two of the most talked about lines in the second half of this season. And in minutes this year in the NHL, the trio that had the most together in the NHL at even strength, Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Kachuk. Number two, Hints, Pavelski, and the uh, the super kid, Robertson. Like, literally the two biggest lines in terms of time on ice in the NHL this year on display last night. Coming back, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. Your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor. Greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Jacob Markstrom, 16 save shutout. That's it. I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Who's happier with a low event, one nothing type game the rest of the series? Daryl's crew or the <sighs> underdogs that, as the bonus said post game, oh, they would, they thought they'd run us out of the building. <laughs> we only lost one nothing. <laughs> Suckers. That's a good question. I... Daryl's never going to be unhappy with tight, low event hockey, I don't think. He's been preaching it all year. Like all the lessons, all the messages he sent in post game, a lot of it felt like a lead up to a game exactly like last night. Can't be individuals, got to play as a team, have to be comfortable in, in tight games, scoring first. Playoffs are going to be like this. Goals are going to dry up when we get to the spring. All of these lessons. And all these messages he sent post game for six months seemed to make sense last night in a one goal game total. Oh, and you think back to how uncomfortable he was almost when the team was scoring five a night, six a night. Hated it. 
<sighs> Absolutely hated it. Don't get used to it because when it matters, this isn't going to happen in the playoffs, guys. Happen, and uh, and yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's tried to beat this into them, and apparently they did. And and I said it yesterday. He and he's been saying it. It's not just expecting to be and knowing that you're going to be in tight games. It's being okay with it. We're not up by two or three here. We are the better team. We're out shooting them. We should, probably should be up by more, but we're not, and that's fine. Don't change the way you're playing. It can be hard to do. Yeah, would you take to be in every single game that you play in? Or do you want to blow someone out and then potentially get blown out? I know uh, Daryl wants to do it. I think consistency, being competitive in every game, I think that's what you ultimately strive for. And that's what they've done throughout the course of the regular season. They've showed it. Consistency. And this team has not had it for a long time. It's been a crapshoot. It's been Daryl, right? That's the, that's the only... So who has more to give going into a game two? Dallas or Calgary? It's a weird way to phrase it, because I think they were giving a lot. It's not like the teams weren't giving. It was just... Yeah, and I'm not suggesting that's the case. No, but I know, who, but it's like... Who's closer to their max potential? Or max output, at least offensively. I feel like you'd take that ratio in shots every night if you're the Flames, but Dallas also probably had, you know, four scoring chances, and the Flames probably had four scoring chances. So Dallas keep you to twenty six shots in their in the uh, on the road, they'd be happy with that. Well, and, and to do you think they're gonna go for five every night on the power play if that no. continues? No, sir. No, and I think with the missed opportunities, especially like shots that miss the net by Dallas. They're probably closer to what I think we're going to see. I think the Flames have more upside, but I think they're going to have to generate it. They're going to have to create it. And puck possession down low, um, got to get more shots from the point to create chances around the net, like you know, through scrambles and through rebounds and extra pucks. It's just they couldn't get enough to the net. Neither could Dallas, but Dallas did have a few of those chances on the odd Flames breakdown mm -hmm. that they just completely missed the net or didn't capitalize on, but I think the Flames are going to have to be better offensively. Like just, it was a, there, there wasn't mm -hmm. enough with what, with the firepower that they do have. Through that second half of the third, it's going through my mind, this is going to be a wild finish because they're going to get the goalie out and they've been playing better. And they really didn't get a whole, and I don't know if it's credit to the Flames or if it's just how, with because there was the the Haskin and icing call, which was, Ooh, that, yeah. that was, was a bit, tight. that was a bit of a break for Calgary. Nine times out of 10, he, Heiskin's close enough to the red line. They give you a They give you that, that one. Yeah. Then it's icing. Ottinger goes back in the net. You try and win a draw, that, that whole thing. But I, I thought it was going to be a wild finish with the goalie out. And instead it was. It was kind of the opposite. It was Kachuk and, and Goudreau. What did you make of uh, Daryl's call to put those three out to protect it? I, I don't mind. I mean, they're, they're, I obviously, Matthew did a great job down in the corner, and it started that whole thing, and there was really nothing besides that that came from it. Um, is, good, that, good. is that Daryl thinking, these are the best three for the job, or I'm putting these guys out here as a test for, for them to be a part, to, to know what it's like to be in a playoff situation and protect the lead? Yeah, for sure. And Johnny's part of that line. The other two, for sure, we know they maybe trend a little bit more 
with their defensive instincts will take over in a situation like that. But they're uh, they're going out there as a unit. They've been together all year. They've been successful. And when they do get the puck, they're hard to get the puck from. Mm-hmm. So they if, they, well, don't if they get control, maybe and maybe because it's an offensive zone faceoff, and that's exactly what he's thinking. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get possession, kill some more of this clock. There's not that much time left. Off we go. But good on him. Put some responsibility on those guys, and they responded well. And it's not like that line is just an offensive line. Like, that's what's gotten a lot of the fanfare. The only team with 340 goal scorers in the league, they're all in the same line. Career highs across the board for all three. 100-point seasons for two of them. Maybe some Selkie love for another. Heart love. Like, that. all the talk has been about the offense. They are the best line in the NHL, five-on-five goal differential in the regular season. 73 goals for, 31 against. That is a staggering number. We watched Leon Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid get heart votes when they were about sea level on that type of a measure, five on five. Leandro, I said it was underwater the year. I think you got heart love. So mm-hmm. if you look directly at that stat, they're the best line to be out there. there? Well, why and not? so the point is, is that we, we view them as an offensive line because of how gifted they are, but defensively their ratio of when they're on the ice is the best of any line in the NHL. No, they're, they're better than the professional line in Boston. Like nobody is better at not getting scored on and scoring. That's pretty much the sport. Do you Go re- look at the scoreboard. Some for us, none for them. That line's great at it. Do you recall... Goudreau's power play back check last night. There's a breakdown. Yep. He's playing it, D all of a sudden, it, It's right? almost a breakaway for Dallas. I can't remember who was streaking in there, and he came flying back out of nowhere and actually had to play a quick little two-on-one mm-hmm. and handled it really, really yeah. well, even facing his own goalie. On the flip side of that, it was early in the game, and my biggest question mark is, like probably a lot of Calgary Flames fans, number 13 in the playoffs. How's he going to do? How's he going to do? There were some plays in his own end where pucks got to be rimmed by defensemen. There was still a little bit of tentativeness to go grab that puck. But as the game went on, I felt like it started to diminish. He got Mm -hmm. bumped a few times out there. He avoided a few checks. He was handling the puck and his tentativeness, Mm -hmm. it seemed to... Fade away? He kind of played his way out of it. So I was... It, it was a nice little, nice showing for the first go round. I agree. And I part agree of totally. that, and part of that's smart. On, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to build a case for, it, but don't put yourself in harm's way. You are the smaller guy. We don't need you being macho and going and taking a big hit to make a play necessarily. You know how you have to play. And I agree as the game went along, but I think that final sequence and just in general. But I think you saw it. He, he's taking kind of. You can see he takes pleasure in it. He's actually enjoying that side of the game, which I think you have to, to do anything well, you have to have some enjoyment. You have to get something out of it. And he has all season. Well, and to be fair, this coach has asked them to do a lot. What, what uh, allows you to buy in success? Success. Like can anyone, you've got half the rosters on a career year, arguably all six defensemen, the goalie, the whole top line, Andrew Mangiapane, Dylan Dubé and maybe a couple like you've got half the roster having career years. You don't think there's buy-in for what Daryl's selling? It's not easy. It's not fine. You probably need thick skin. He's going to say things that rub you the wrong way. You couldn't operate the way he does if you worked for a bank. But they've got buy-in because they've got results. These guys want to win. It's maturity though, too. Totally. If you finally realize, oh geez, I play a little defense, my offense flourishes. I commit. We're having success. Like Yes, ultimately, you said it, I just said it again, success is what 
gives you probably the realization that it actually works. Well, as a right? player, how can you fight it? Right? When when the coach instructs you to go, if if you buy in, if you play it this way, here's what's going to happen. I believe that yeah. you will be successful, and then it happens. How, how, how could you, you doubt him at this you point? You don't have to like him, but you can't doubt him at this point. Yeah. There, I back to your comment, Boomer. He does a good job of making sure he's not putting himself in spots, smaller player. Mm. But I think there's going to come a time on some of these plays, especially in his own end, things like that, where it comes to an important puck battle up high as a winger, and that puck has got to be out, depending on what time in the game. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to. Yeah. And those are the ones, as this thing rolls forward, we're going to need to see it. I don't care who you are, what size you are, what type of player you are, you got equipment on, it's got to be done. Yeah, and, and, that, and I think when you talk about him being tentatively, like no one's talking about putting himself in harm's way. It's the exact opposite. He loses pucks early. He's, he's jittery. He gets rid of it rather than holding for the extra half second and making the typical plays we've seen. Saw a little bit of that in Nashville when that game got heavy. I also thought he played his way out of that. He ends up with two assists at the end of the night. But if you want to go back and talk about Johnny in the playoffs, what the fear is, it's not putting him in harm's way. It's that he's so fearful of contact He's not making good decisions with the puck. He is going to have to make some decisions to, to sacrifice, and I don't doubt that he will at this point because, again, there's buy-in there. But like, he's never put himself in harm's way. It's the exact opposite is the fear, is that any time someone gets near him or they look for that button hook inside the line, he just spits the puck. Turnover. I don't want to get hit. Seeing less of that. One guy you don't worry about is... Matthew Kachuk. Here is Blake Coleman describing his teammate. He's the heartbeat right now. He's he's in every scrum. He's setting up plays. He's scoring goals. He's uh he's a tough guy to play against, you know. And you know, for him, this is obviously a, a big stage for him. He had a great season. I expect that we haven't seen the best of uh, Matthew Kachuk yet. By the 501 mark of the first, he had a assist on a brilliant setup. Great shot, but great setup on the power play. Had gone in and run a couple of guys. Got the crowd into it early. Not that the crowd needed to get into it, but this is his time. And I'm sure all players, I'm sure everybody, get into the playoffs. They love it. This is when it matters. But some guys, he's a dirty shirt. And how they missed him against Dallas in 2020 and how it killed him to sit in that press box and watch it. No fans in the stands. Still, He was dying up there watching Man. plays go sideways on his team. And I don't know if it's, you know, we haven't seen the best, but we saw it against Nashville in that game, and you're, I think you're going to see it again. This guy loves it. And talk about a player figuring things out. You guys alluded to it in the first hour. There were the antics. No one wants the antics. Your own team doesn't want it. It's a distraction. They want exactly what he's bringing to the table now. You want grit. You want a guy that's involved. You want a guy that will go through the wall for you. A guy that will draw penalties, a guy that will be a complete pain in the rear for every other team in the league except for yours and not draw extra unnecessary attention, which used to be, it, it used to drive me nuts. I'm watching him. Yeah. It's, it's unnecessary. You don't need Avery, great pest, too much drama, too much taking it away from the rest of your team, too many distractions. Uh, you know, there's been countless guys. Even when you look at Brad Marchand, you guys mentioned him. Do you need to be in the media? Do you need to be the topic of all conversation? He's too good of a player to have that extra distraction and to need to answer those questions. So the way that he's figured it out and he's going about his business, it's exactly what you want right now. Mm -hmm. Do you ever play with a guy where 
he just couldn't help himself, and you'd get. <sighs> yeah, who was the, it was I guess the, I'm going to get in this scrum because my teammate is a knucklehead. Yeah, like who's the Sean Avery, yeah. Maxim Lapierre? Or you're on the bench, and all guy. you can do is just shake your head and be like, oh, God. Uh, Burroughs. Roisey, Andre Waugh. Mm. But when you were going into it, you were really in something. Oh, yeah. When he was starting it. And that just tells you the era of hockey. When he says Andre Waugh's <laughs> the pest, yeah. you're like, oh, that guy's probably 230 and had like 100 career fights. That's, yeah, that's a different kind of but pest he, than there he, is but in the league today. He made poor decisions at wrong times. Yeah. And it's like, not now. Not now. Like, yeah. we're, we're really in this game. Like, we don't need guys sitting in the box and we don't. But I don't. I'm trying to recall. I'm thinking quickly to all my ex teammates. And if I had some someone there, that no? just absolutely rubbed you, like, like, again, another one that I played against, Lapierre, like, just yeah. drove me absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. Out of the, I don't, I'm going to think more about it. One's going to pop into my head here. Well, and you think about it too. And f- for a while there, he was, remember the, who was it in, in Detroit? He kind of tapped the back of the guy's skate as he's skating off. Then he got suspended for it and stuff like that. He was, there was a reputation that had been built at that point for Matthew Kachuk with the league. It started oh, with yeah, Doughty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, Luke Witkowski, right? Wasn't that the defenseman that's right. in yeah. Detroit where there was, it was a nothing thing, but it, he stirred it back up and they had, because they, they did. Because the, someone had been off the yeah, ice the and league, came back onto the ice. There was a mandatory suspension or something. Yeah. The league sat him down and said, this is going the wrong way. And then you go to the Muzzin thing from a year ago. And that's not a league thing, but it was clearly a team thing among any yeah. number of things that happened last year. But we don't know exactly what it is, but man, it, it couldn't have been nothing. It was too perfectly correlated with him disappearing for large swaths, which is the only thing you could never say about Matthew Kachuk's career to that point. And you watch him now, right? It's like, how did this You watch guy, him before, you watch him after. How did that happen? How, how? did you sleepwalk weeks at a time? You're impactful every single night. You're a 100-point, 40-goal guy. How last year were you invisible for shifts and periods at a time? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, one more thing to add. Top player in the league. Do you want diving on your resume? Like, Wasn't that... A big thing. He embarrassed officials a ton his first like, three first. It, it, was, it was to the point where it's like, okay, this is now got to stop that. Yeah, it's a bad look. It doesn't look good. And, so, and especially when we're talking about, okay, well, Gio's going to be on, and who's going to be the captain? Well, you can't have the guy that goes and chats with the officials about calls is the same guy that's embarrassed them a dozen times in the last two seasons, and he's cleaned that up a ton this year, I think. Doesn't go hand in hand. You can't do it. But he's got to be in a great mental space. That's where you have success as a hockey player. It's when all things around you are in a good spot. you got your ducks in a row. You can just go out and concentrate on the game and through his play and cleaning it up, he's gotten rid of all the, the nonsense and the noise. Like it's not there. People aren't talking about, people are talking about, wow, Matthew Kachuk had a really good game last night, first five minutes. And he has more to give. Mm-hmm. He has way more to go. We're, we're excited for just his play within the rules of the game. Not that stuff that extends outside and gets embarrassing. Okay. I've been looking through these rosters you played on. Cause we've got to find a weasel you played with. Barnaby? Well, yeah, but Barney, Barney, he would cause. He, some... he did it the right way. Is that why you. Well, he's tough as nails, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he'd go with anybody. Yeah. Yeah, he a... wasn't, he wasn't, 
yeah, he would, he would mix it up and stir it up. And I, I played more with Barney in, in Tampa than I did in, did in Buffalo and a little bit more towards the end of his career. So things had changed. I'm sure people probably had a different opinion of him at the start of his career. He caused a lot of grief. He had some pretty tough line mates that he was out there with when he was causing it grief too. Hey, it helps. A May, a yeah, Ray. Yeah, yeah that's not a bad. A May and a Ray. Those, those are nice wingers. Those, will, company, those yeah. will come in handy. Yeah. Not bad. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Like Calgary here. No one I can really recall. It is a bit of a, kind of a lost art. Yeah. Much like the the heavyweight. You don't just have the guy on your roster who's an average player at best, but is there to just antagonize it. You can't get away with that anymore. You got to be able to skate. You got to be able to contribute. And if you happen to be a, a bit of a dirtbag in the side, then then that's great. Vancouver was full of it, right? That's why you hated that Canucks team so much. If you oh. were in Alberta or anywhere else in division, you had the Sedins that were so good you couldn't get the puck off them. But then there was just all these weasels. You had Kessler. You had Lapierre. Burrows. You got Burrows. BX on the back end. Rutu. Like just. And and not a lot of those guys would give you the pleasure of scoring up and scrapping. Like, no, we'll just get under your skin all night. Can't really. I wouldn't put. I mean, Bieksa was good at making everyone angry out there. Not putting them in the same category. No, it, no. He, but but it, uh, collectively, as that a Flames team, fan. my lord, no, they, it's Canada's team in 2011. No, it's not. We hate these jerks. <laughs> yeah, they're all turds. And what made the what made it worse is you're a rat. And what do Burroughs have? Forty goals. Jeez, and you're good. Mm-hmm. It's the worst part, which is how it all comes back. Why people hate Kachuk? Because you're good and you drive me crazy. Yeah, oh. hated by all fan bases, but one. And if you could add that guy to your team, boy, would you love him. The Sedins, gotta hate them, but can't figure <laughs> out how to keep them from scoring. Yeah, pretty good. Sutter was asked afterwards because Kachuk gets into the scrap with Raffle, who is a lefty. Uh-huh. Write that down for next time. <laughs> That was a pretty good little trip there. That was pretty good stick work by Raffle to take him down first, and then he got sour and then decided, we're going to go, and then Raffle started feeding him with southpaws. And and Kachuk him credit. That thing was lost, and he tried to stand up and took a few more just to get the chance to swing again on And that, I'm not saying Raffle's throwing big bombs, but that last one that clipped the top of Kachuk's helmet and just missed. And the way Kachuk went down, I thought maybe did he hit him? Did he get him on the button? Because it was it was a good stroke. I think Matthew might have to uh, call up Big Walt and I was going to say there's some guys in the room he could talk to. You go grab Luch after practice. I'll show you a thing or two. Don't get caught surprised like that. Sutter was asked afterwards, "Do you uh, pretty important player? Do you like seeing him engaged in that sort of stuff?" I rather would see it. Like it? Those playoffs, Eric. I mean, get a little (laughs) confrontation. How about Rasmus? Pardon? How about Rasmus? I didn't like the calls on that. Usually, usually there's an instigator and then a. So, I mean, that's separate. That's that's second altercation. So that is what it is. You know the rule. So certainly with mm. with Kachuk, I don't think you ever have to check him for a pulse. But, yeah, I'm okay with it. it's playoffs. If if you care to the degree that you're doing that, then then I'm okay with it. Did you catch the residue in the third period? Raffle runs Kachuk on the half wall and crumpled him pretty good. Mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk's got that in his memory bank for next game. So Lou Postgame, who's watched every international ice hockey event since uh, 1904 <laughs> um, and everything else at every other level, said Michael Raffle might not have played a game that physical in his entire life. And like, auto, like who saw that coming? 
If I say Michael Raffle, you're not thinking about no. Claude Lemieux. You're thinking about a guy maybe scoring from distance, not like that. He that is a rock solid defensive, physical, in your face game from a guy I didn't expect it from. Shocking, actually, over here. Shocking. I watched him a lot in Philly. Philly, yeah. And you're just like, wow, this guy's sound asleep half the game. Floating, right? Yeah. That guy was not floating last night. But he had he he ran Kachuk on the half wall, and it was a solid check right in the third period, nearing the end of the game, and can't wait to see more. Rick Bonus, Stars coach, he kind of touches on that and more. And again, they thought they were going to run us out of the rink, and I'm proud of our guys. We're going to stand up to everything they throw at us. We're going to stand up to them, and we're going to play through it. Let's play another one. Tomorrow, we're good? Game two? Boy, that's a tight turn. I, I think they could uh, get that red lot all fired up again and yeah, put some more gas in the old uh, flamethrower. Yeah, have a nap. Get some sleep tonight. Pop some corn at the dome. Do it all again tomorrow. Fill up the kegs. Let's go. Now, tonight, up the road in Edmonton, is it a must win? Boy, it's early, but... uh, Is it getting late early? It certainly isn't too early to be nervous if you're Edmonton because uh, a loss tonight puts them in a really rough spot. And the context isn't like, hey, this is a good team that's won a lot and it's just one of a best of seven. They're now one and eight in their last nine playoff games. Mark Spector writes for Sportsnet, covers the Oilers. He's our guest when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan.